This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The best way to start your weekend is with Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network. Sponsored by BetMGM. NFL football is back on the TV and we're sweating bets. We're back, baby. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. I'm Mark Drumheller here with Sean Bell to give you all the betting insight you need to make this weekend a profitable one and to pad your pockets this NFL preseason. Brown's big victory to open up the preseason in the Hall of Fame game, 21 to 16. The game goes over the total. Brown's team total goes over. Jets team total slides under the 16 and a half. Sean, I know you had a big preseason parlay lined up last night. What'd you think of the uh, debut of the 2023 season? Nothing. I, I, I listen. I am not <laughs> betting these preseason games. I'm not betting. Listen, that's a lie. I'll bet a couple preseason games, but I'm not betting the Hall of Fame game. I'm surprised at the overhit because I believe you said you picked the under. It's the Hall of Fame game. Deshaun Watson didn't play. Uh, uh, A-Rod didn't play, and I know they're not going to play most of the preseason, but nobody plays. You never know what you're going to get. It's usually an absolute slop fest. So it's just one of those things that are so unpredictable. I don't know how long anybody's going to play in the Hall of Fame game, so no. I'm sorry. I, I stayed away from that like the plague. I said, I'm not touching that because that's bound to lose me some money at the very least. Yeah, it was definitely a, an interesting game. The lights go out, right? The lights were out. There was a delay for that. You know, the showers weren't working. It wasn't the most hospital environment for the players. But, you know, we, we got through. We got it done. And, you know, a couple players st- stood out. You know, you saw DTR from UCLA. Um, he had a huge game rushing. But, yeah, I thought the over was a surprise. I played the under. The game went over last year, 27-11. I believe that, you know, the Raiders won. Uh, So that ended up on 38. This game ended up on 37. The game, you know, early on, I thought I was good with the under, but it just didn't turn out that way. But, you know, listen, Zach Wilson got some action in there. You know, he got a couple snaps, had a nice deep completion pass. But, um, you know, the NFL preseason is definitely – um, you know, a little tougher to handicap, but you, there's, you can certainly find some spots. There's some teams that, um, you know, perform very well in the preseason year after year, Sean. You know, the Ravens and Jim Harbaugh are one, uh, you know, an incredible team against the spread. Uh, so, you know, I like to have a little fun in the preseason. I don't go big on unit size, but I definitely like to get into the action. It's, it's, 
listen, I don't bet on things I don't know. I know a lot of people just look at, you know, certain stats and certain things here and there and they go, okay, this is how I'm going to bet. I don't bet on things I don't know, especially because you don't even have stats or information on a lot of these guys, right? Like I'm here in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I cover the Eagles. So I can bet on the Eagles preseason game because I know, okay, this third string guy, I know who he is. I know much how much burn he's going to get. I know what he can produce. With these other squads, I don't know what you're going to produce. Like, who who knew who knew there, that quarterback wasn't going to come out and do that? Who, Zach Wilson who was trash last year. Okay, but he's only playing, what, a quarter? And then it's gonna you're going to bring in some some individual who wasn't even drafted? I'm like, that has never played? It's not even like I can look at old preseason games and go, oh, last preseason he did this or that. No, he's never played in a preseason game. So I'm like, too much too much is unpredictable. And, and also it's just like, this is cute, but how, how much can you draw from this game to go to the regular season? Nothing. None of these guys are going to play in the regular season. We could say this guy looked nice and that guy looked nice, but they're not playing in the regular season. So eh, how can you really bet it? Yeah, the pre the preseason definitely is its own animal. There's not a lot that correlates into the regular season. But listen, we still got another month or so, you know, before the real NFL action kicks off. So it, it's good to kind of get us through, right? You know, it's nice having football on the TV. It's nice getting out a couple sweats. And there are some, you know, there is actionable information out there that you can use. Matthew Friedman put out some good stuff this week. I was looking at the Hard Knocks teams, 21 and 32, uh, you know, against the spread. So, you know, the Jets last night, they're the team on Hard Knocks. Does it cause a distraction? Those teams don't typically do good in the preseason. But again, it's more about attacking certain teams that, you know, play the preseason differently. The, you know, Jim Harbaugh and the, uh, I mean, John Harbaugh and the Ravens um, are one of them. The Bills, 9-1 and one against the spread and 9-1 and one to the money line in their last 10 uh, preseason games. And then you have Sean McVay and the Rams. That's a, te- that's a team that typically goes under in these preseason games because they don't take it as seriously, right? But there's a lot of different interesting angles I saw out there. Um, hot weather is one. You know, teams in hot weather, are they really going to overexert themselves? Do you look there's in those situations? Um, you know, the Ravens, you know, Zach's mentioning in the chat right now, 23 straight preseason wins. You know, Harbaugh don't play around. He doesn't mess around in the preseason, and that even extends to week one. Ravens are a good betting team for week one as well, Sean. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good bet, but the moment I bet it, I'm going to lose it. The moment I bet it, they're <laughs> going to lose for the first time since, I what, 2016. So uh, I'm not taking my risk on that. Again, I get it. You have certain individuals who have discipline throughout their entire program, right? Throughout the entire organization. You go to a Mike Tomlin, you go to a Sir John Harbaugh, you go – even the four-string guy is going to have a level level of discipline and have a level of fundamentals that's going to translate into these preseason games. So you get it. His third stringers and four stringers are going to be disciplined and they're going to be ready to go, unlike certain other organizations. But still, I don't know these cats. Right? That's like, right. I don't, I don't. I just. I can't do it. I don't know these cats. Even with the Ravens, okay, they have a preseason game. Twenty. I guess if you bet them twenty-three straight times, you won. But who's, who's to say they won't go 0-4 this preseason? It's totally unpredictable. A lot of those games were just random. It would be it would be one heck of a money line rollover. Uh, you know, money line parlay rollover if you were hitting all 23 in a row consecutively on the Ravens preseason. They get the Eagles in week one. They open up against our Eagles. Sean, do you think the Eagles are going to be the team to snap the streak? Sure, why not? 
I don't know. <laughs> Only if you, but we need, that's what we need. We need you to bet the Ravens I'm so sorry. the Eagles take home the money. Can we I do mean, a little reverse psychology? It's No, it's just no. Okay, if you say so. Like, it's just, just it's too unpredictable for me. I know, that, listen, we, we on a bet network. I know people don't want to hear that from me right now, but I'd rather bet certain individuals getting a certain amount of touches as opposed to who's going to mm-hmm. win the overall game when the fourth stringer comes on and does something stupid. Right? Like, I'm not going to bet overall wins. I'm going to bet over-unders, and I'm going to bet certain individuals that potentially have a certain amount of yards. Okay, you know this quarterback is going to play the entire final preseason game. Right? Like, a lot of the third stringers or four stringers, he's going to play the entire preseason game, so I can bet him throwing for over 150 yards just because I know he's going to play the whole time, and the start quarterbacks aren't going to play. Oh, this running back is going to play three quarters right, whether it's Boston Scott or somebody or Trey Sermon who's going to come in for the Philadelphia Eagles is going to get most of the touches in these preseason games that don't matter. He looks good in the preseason so far, in training camp so far, at least that's what people are saying. So Trey Sermon comes in, he's going to get most of the snaps because your starters, your your DeAndre Swift ain't going to play that much. Okay, bet that guy to run for over 75 yards in, in, in certain preseason games just because we know they're getting the majority of snaps. Yep, it looks like in that week one game, the Eagles are three and a half point underdogs over under 35 and a half. Again, we see a lot of low totals in the preseason. We see a lot of low scoring games. So definitely something that we should be attacking. But I agree with you 100%, Sean. There's really not a lot to take away from these preseason games. We've all been burned by buying into the preseason uh, a little bit too much. You know, as Eagles fans, we know Sam Bradford had that legendary game against the Green Bay Packers in the last preseason game. We thought that that was going to be a precursor as to what to expect in the regular season. We didn't see any of that when the real action started flying from Sam Bradford. And, of course, Brandon Whedon is another one. When he was with the Browns, you know, the kid out of Oklahoma State, they had him crowned as like, hey, we finally found our quarterback of the future based off a couple preseason games. And we know how that story went, right? You know, still trying to figure out their quarterback situation in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, again, you're going to have some magical nights by individuals who do nothing. Yep. All right, so so let's stick with let's stick with talking about the quarterbacks. Mike Sando of The Athletic um, put out quarterback tiers for this upcoming season that I thought were pretty interesting, Sean. And when we look at these tiers, the first tier, we have Mahomes. Obviously, he's probably should be in his own tier. You know, the fact that they have anyone else in Mahomes tier is a little bit questionable to me. But, you know, very short, small tier. You have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Rodgers, and Herbert. Do you think uh, Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers belong in the same company as uh, Allen and Mahomes? I, well, I'm, I'm with you. Mahomes is in, is in his own category alone. Nobody else should be in his category. He is one, and there is no 1A or 1B. So... I'm with you. Patrick Mahomes should have his own category. The others I'm all right with. I, my, my usual rule is you have to do it for two seasons in order for mm-hmm. you to be elite or in order for you to be falling off. It's two seasons of that. So, again, Justin Herbert has statistically two great seasons. So I'll give him, you know, the category of him being with Josh Allen uh, and some of those other guys. Aaron Rodgers, I says, is falling off. But two years ago, he was an MVP. So he was only bad for one season. So I'm not going to take him out of the elite category yet, even though I think he's on his way 
of being out the elite category. So all those quarterbacks have had at least two in a row elite seasons. And so at that point, I go, all right, you're elite. Again, Pat should be one, and then the, it should be the next tier. But Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, they've all had statistically two elite seasons in a row that have put them into this category, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, they're definitely right up there with them. You know, I agree with you, though. Mahomes tier one, then probably, you know, Burrow, Allen, those guys. You know, this year is going to tell you a lot about Aaron Rodgers or whether he belongs in that elite tier because he has a ton of weapons in that Jets offense. You know, mm-hmm. not a great offensive line. So is he going to be able to get the ball to his playmakers when he's under pressure? Uh, can't wait to see the Jets. I know everybody can't wait to see the Jets. Going to be on hard knocks. Um, going to a lot of eyes on them. Week one against Buffalo. So it's going to be really exciting, uh, you know, now that New York Jets are – you know, really grabbing some headlines. The second tier, we have Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, and Kirk Cousins. Who do you think doesn't belong? Or do you think it's it's a pretty fair tier? <sighs> That's too many people in the same tier. <laughs> That's too many people <laughs> in the same tier. We need like... more tiers. I know in Philadelphia, people are complaining about Jalen Hurts not being in that tier after last season. But like I said, it, you got to do it for two years, right? So mm-hmm. he's in the category of guys who've only done it one year, one year of greatness. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been, wasn't elite last year, but he had one good year. Jalen Hurts, one good year, right? So I'm of the, of, of the belief is you're not considered elite until you do it two times in a row. Because again, Matt Ryan had an MVP season. Cam Newton had an MVP season. Were they elite? Joe Flacco had an MVP season, right? But you can't just do it once. You got to do it two or three years in a row to be considered elite. So I, I like to see Jalen do it again. I like to see Trevor Lawrence do it again. I I wouldn't put. I, wouldn't I have put, a hard time. I have a hard time putting Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins in the same tier as Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Like to me, like. That's like, I feel like they're the bottom end of the tier, like the Prescott and the Cousins, where they're more like efficiency guys, regular season guys, going to put up some numbers, but really doesn't have the potential to carry a team to a Super Bowl, where I think Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts does. I know Lamar Jackson's postseason performances have been ridiculed, but I have much more confidence in him getting the Ravens to a Super Bowl than I do Kirk Cousins getting Minnesota there. I'm with you. I think, I think. I think Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott should be in the level below. Like, all right, like, you can be really good, but you can be really bad. Like, you are a good starting quarterback, but nothing more. You're you're a good starting quarterback, nothing more. I throw Kirk Cousins in with Lamar Jackson in that area. I know people may think that's crazy, but Kirk has had phenomenal regular seasons, no playoff. Right? So, to me, he belongs in the same category as a Lamar Jackson and, and again, Jalen Hurts was tremendous, but, you know, he hasn't done it long enough. I and mean, Matt Stafford has fallen off. To me, Matt Stafford wouldn't be in that category either. Matt Stafford would be on yeah, the level below with Dak Prescott. Yeah, it's tough because Stafford does have the ring, right? He was able to win the Super Bowl, and, and that's something that I'm not confident guys like Prescott or Cousins ever going to get there. But listen, there's a lot of great quarterbacks that didn't get there, right? You talk about Jim Kelly, you know, you talk about – um Dan Marino, right? We're going back a little while, but, uh, you know, not every great quarterback ends up 
delivering and getting his team to a Super Bowl. Sometimes it just mm-hmm. doesn't work out for those teams. Um, the last tier, Sean, uh, you know, and guys can check this out, you know, on their own. But the last tier, I thought they have two in the bottom tier. Guys like Daniel Jones and and Jimmy G and, you know, Justin Fields and Tannehill. I think Tua deserves a little more respect. But like you said, big year for him. Um, he's got a lot to prove this season just in the matter of can he stay healthy, you know, with that Miami Dolphins offense. Yeah, Tua, Tua has to stay healthy. I mean, that's the that's the only difference. He should be in the second tier if he's if if he was healthy. If he continued to stay healthy the entire year, I, I just there's too many variations in these tiers. Like there should be more tiers to sort of explain things. All right, here are your up and coming quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Here's your elite quarterbacks, your yep. up and coming quarterbacks, your game management tier. Like there should be like five different tiers to explain things a little bit better. I agree 100%. We're going to be back in a few moments. Quick break. BetQL Weekend presented by MGM Sportsbook. We're going to be back talking about the AFC North. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a bit. Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller will be back on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Start your weekend betting off right with BetQL Weekend with Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller, sponsored by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back, guys. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. You're listening to the BetQL Network. I'm Mark Drumheller here with Sean Bell. Monumental day. We're recording this on Friday in college football the Pac-12 seems to be splintering. It, it looks like Oregon and Washington has been um, invited to join the Big Ten. We know there was rumblings. It looks like the Pac-12 had made kind of like a last-minute push to, to hold things together. But it doesn't seem like it's going to work, Sean. And we are in the midst of massive change. Like, we had thought last year brought a lot of change to college football just with the NIL and the, the transfer portal. But um, it's absolute chaos in college football. And, you know, it might be an unpopular opinion, but I'm here for it. I I like the chaos. I like that everything's kind of moving around. And we're kind of entering a new era of college football. What are your quick thoughts? Well, my quick first thought is it's going to be three conferences. It's going to be the Big Ten. It's going to be Big Ten, SEC, uh, Big 12. And every other conference isn't going to matter. Every other conference is going to be essentially the biggies, right? Like, Soon, mm-hmm. eight, Clemson has to get out of ACC at some point. Clemson has to say, all right, well, it's right. over. We're going to go to 
you know, the SEC because you can go undefeated in the ACC now or undefeated in the Pac-12 and you won't make the playoffs. It won't freaking matter. It's right? possible, so, yeah, definitely yeah, possible. I, I, without a doubt. So so at that point, your your conference is so weak, you can't get into the playoffs, you can't get that type of playoff money, which is what, is which, what it's all about. And essentially the ACC and the Pac-12 ain't going to get big money for their regular season games anymore because it ain't going to matter that yep. much. It's a bunch of secondary teams. A lot of teams are going to become the Big East when it comes to the Pac-12 and the ACC where you go, okay, I guess we're just going to focus on basketball schools. We're just going to be a basketball. Hey, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big East are the basketball conference. This conference is the football it, conference. It's a good point. It's a good point because it's there's going to be massive realignment. And, you know, it, it all comes down to money, right? So all the tradition with the conferences and the rivalry kind of getting pu- pushed aside. It, it's really, you know, it seems to me like it's the networks are trying to just kind of like they're all taking a piece of the Pac-12 because – they don't want Apple to come in, you know, with the money and, and you know, get those rights. But it, it's going to be fascinating, I think, to watch it play out. I'm, as a fan, I'm going to miss the tradition stuff, but I'm really kind of excited to see these different matchups, to see what it looks like with USC, UCLA in the Big Ten, you know, and to see these teams moving around. Ultimately, you want to see the best teams play each other. Like, that's one of the things that I don't like about college football is that, there are so many games where you're looking at 20, 30-point spreads where it's, you know, like I don't need to see if if the Big Ten moves to 18 teams or to 20 teams or whatnot, you should have a big and a little 10, right? It shouldn't be the Big 20. Give me a Big Ten and a little 10. I don't need to see Rutgers play Michigan, right? I don't, I don't need to see Indiana, you know, playing uh, Ohio State. No thanks. Uh, you know, give me a better game on Saturday afternoon. I want to see the best teams play each other. And I think this gives us an opportunity to see more competition within these bigger conferences. Which is going to make it impossible for it to be a 14 playoff. <laughs> this, no, this well, they are expanded. Next year, it moves to, I believe it's 12 they move to next year. Yeah, but it, gets, it has to be more. Like, to me, we're getting to yeah. a point where it's going to be a, a professional football league. It's going to be 30 major conferences. Mm-hmm. 30 major teams or 40 major teams, you take out the Rutgers, you take out the Vanderbilts of the world and say these, this is the major conference. And then at the end, right. at the end of the season, then there's a playoff in this major conference. It's going to be one big conference or maybe two, right? Maybe it's just going to be mm-hmm. the Big 12 ain't all that. It's going to be the Big 10. Every All the good teams in the Big 10, all the good teams are going to be in the SEC. And then it's sort of like the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. That's where your money is, and then uh, then they're seeding after that, and then then they play each other at the end of this thing to make it a championship type of situation. But we're going away from what we knew in regards to college sports in general, right? Or where there's ten no, different conferences and all that other stuff. No, football is going to make it where there's two major conferences at the end of this thing, and that's it. And then you get entire playoffs, and you make your money off of that. I think we could see more tiers. Like right now we have, you know, 133 programs in FBS football. And then, you know, we have the FCS under that, right? And, you know, no one really pays attention to the FCS too much. I shouldn't say no one, but, you know, the general, you know, audience doesn't pay attention to the FCS too much. All the focus is on the FBS. But I think we could see, like, additional tiers now to where it's like we have the power conferences, you know, whether it's Big Ten and SEC and that's it, you know, 20-team conferences. And then there might be a tier below that with everybody else. Or maybe it's three. Maybe the Big 12's in that if they can take on some of the ACC. 
I, you know, I don't know how it's going to end up. Uh, I don't think anybody does, but I think we could see that to where there's like one big mega conference and then that's like a tier. And then there's another tier, which is like FBS, which is your smaller, you know, conferences. And then you have the FCS level below that. But I think the one mm-hmm. big, like 133 team, you know, uh, FBS, like I, I think that's probably going to end up changing, right? Like we're probably going to look at these conferences a little bit different than we do these super conferences. And I, I said this last week, and this goes along with what you just said, is here's what I would like to see. And this may be off, but here's what would be fun to me. It should be like soccer. And you know how in soccer you have, okay, yep. if you're at the bottom that's of your league, that's a great point. If you're at the bottom of your league, you're kicked out the conference. So that's what I would like to see. Hey, this is the 30 major teams in, in, in college football. Then you have your second league with another 30 or whatever it is, okay? And if you have finished at the bottom of your conference, then you get kicked out to the to the second league while the top, let's say, four teams in the second league get to play the next season in the first conference. And that's how you break it down. Like, you lose your spot if you're at the bottom of this conference. And so only the teams in the first conference are able to play for a playoffs. Like, all right, you're able, all 30 of you are able to play for the playoffs. And the, 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 and the 30 teams in the second conference are basically playing in, in bowl games like we have now. But the top four teams out of that conference mm-hmm. replaces the bottom four teams in the first conference. And you replay it like that every season, every season. So now, okay, people in the second conference, you better get your weight up. If you want a chance to play in the playoffs and teams in the first conference, you could lose your spot if you, if you don't continue to play well and recruit well and be good. So that's what I like to see. I would like to see it be a soccer type of situation. Sean, I absolutely love that idea. Like, I think that would be phenomenal. Like if they did it that way to where it's kind of like they move up to the, the you know, separate tiers, you know, based on their performance, I, I think that would be incredible. And it would bring a, a lot it would bring another element to college football that would be much more fun. And I think that's why like people are so, you know, outside of the tradition and the tradition's a massive part of it. And that part of it, everybody's going to miss. I'm not trying to minimize that, but I think that, you know, that'll, that'll bring a different element to where I think people would get excited about college football and would feel like, you know, Hey, it's not just all about these top teams. Like there's a way, there's a path for these teams to kind of move up and improve their programs so they can earn more money, get better facilities, attract more players in the NIL, et cetera. Yeah. And there's, and the other thing I would do is, is the, like I said, there's 30 and 30 league one, and league two, the bottom four teams and the top four teams play each other. Even, Hey, the bottom four teams mm-hmm. have to play the, the top four teams in a league. And, and if you, if you win the game, you're in the first conference. If you lose a game, you're in the second. So that can even be a money grabber right there where there's a mini playoff between the teams yeah. that want to stay in the first conference or the teams that can be dropped in, into the second conference. So that's a, it creates a 18 playoff where you're fighting for your life to stay in the conference where there's more TV money, <laughs> there's a chance to go to the playoffs, and, and, and the stakes are way higher. So you got to yeah. play your way in. You got to talk about motivation. There it is right there. Um, Big Ten's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait for the season to start. Um, you know, real quick, we look at the odds. Ohio State plus 165 to win the Big Ten. Michigan right behind them, plus 180. And Penn State plus 550. I think all those teams are live to win the Big Ten. Obviously, Penn State needs to prove it, you know, with James Franklin. But I think they have the talent to where 
they, you know, they can steal a game against Ohio State and Michigan this year. I think you're on the same side, Sean. Yes, again, everyone's been telling me about the quarterback coming in for Penn State. It may take another year. Drew Alar. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be his first year as a starter. So national champion. People are saying it may be the most talented team Penn State's had ever and most talented quarterback uh, in a long time since freaking Kerry Collins. So, mm-hmm. but it, he, this is his first year. So I don't necessarily expect the uh, Penn State to be able to do that, to get into the playoffs and beat those teams, it being his first year. You know, but apparently they have a shot. So Big Ten is uh, Penn State is definitely a sleeper for me. But Zach was talking about feeling sorry about Cal for Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, some of those other teams that are being left. And I just look at it this way. Y'all ain't have a chance to watch get make the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Y'all weren't a real you gotta team get your anyway. Up, man. You got to get your weight up. Yeah, you're just you're just fighting to be a, a team that plays in a bowl. Every season anyway. Mm-hmm. You're not a heavyweight anyway. So I don't feel I don't really feel bad for those teams because again, they were at the bottom of their conference every year, weren't going to do anything. Uh Stanford's been at the bottom of their conference for the last few years. So it's eh. Yeah. As long you as the major contender. players are still in the Big Ten, like I, I think it's fine. Like give me Ohio State, Michigan every year, give me Penn State in the mix. Like I love it. And you're just adding more. You know, adding more teams, adding more competitive teams, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But Big Ten going to be a, a fascinating conference to watch this year. Um, you know, Matt Fickle joins Wisconsin, brings Phil Longo. They're kind of changing their identity there. They're plus uh, 850, you know, to win the conference. Not going to get there, right? Not going to spend my money. It's probably those big three teams. And Penn State's kind of a long shot compared to Ohio State and Michigan. But college football season's coming, Sean. I can't wait to talk more about it. Let's pivot over to the NFL. I wanted to talk about the AFC North, one of the most competitive divisions in football. Uh, we got about five minutes left. Joe Burrow's injury, everybody's kind of taking a deep breath now, right? They're relaxing. It seems like he's going to be ready to go in week one. They're plus 150 to win the division. The Ravens plus 220. Browns plus 400. Steelers plus 450. Sean, I think the Steelers could win three divisions in football. I think they could win the AFC South. I think they could win the NFC South. I think they could probably win the NFC North. I don't know if they can win the division that they're in. I think that's the big challenge of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I mean, Mike Tomlin's going to have that team ready. They're going to win nine games, but they can't win that division. They can't come (laughs) close to win that division. Stamp it. Count it. Count on nine. Go ahead and get your nine and eight wins, and you say, oh, what a a valiant season. You did pretty well. Good job, Kenny Pickett, but that's about it. Not not with those dogs, especially if the Cleveland Browns, a team that a lot of people don't trust, but again, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, a a stud Mm -hmm. in this league, and if Deshaun Watson gets back to where he was his first four seasons, again, people don't remember, he was elite. Like that, we were talking about yeah, tier one. Elite, he was like a Mahomes. tier one. Like, yes, he was. Yeah, a he was tier that tier below Mahomes. Yes, mm-hmm. three bowl, three three Pro Bowls in his first four seasons. He was a guy who's giving you his last full season uh, was forty eight hundred yards, thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions. Like he was, a, and his and his, they lost a lot of games, but they were putting up thirty a game. Like he was that type of quarterback. Don't worry, we're gonna get thirty. So if he mm-hmm. comes back to that, and you have to believe he is, I mean, Deshaun Watson is only, how old, 28, 27 years old? Like, yeah, he's 28 years old this year. So he's mm-hmm. he's should be entering his prime. So if he gets it back, the Cleveland Browns are going to be a problem. 
So, again, the Steelers have to be last in that division for me. The only other team is Baltimore Ravens. And like you said, they win preseason games and they win double-digit games in the regular season. So, expect yeah, Lamar Yeah, Mike Jackson. Tomlin always finds a way to get it done. Um, when I look at, you know, the, the four teams in there, I, I agree with you 100%. I think the Browns are a team to look out for, especially – on the win total, I think that's the best way to play them over nine and a half wins. Uh, I think they definitely have 10 win potential. Uh, I think the Ravens, if they can stay healthy, you know, the injuries have killed them recently in the past couple of years. I think they're a team that could be better as well, could go over their win total at 10 and a half, but I still don't think it's going to be enough to win the division. I think if Joe Burrow is healthy, I think the Bengals get it done, um, you know, and their win total is 11 and a half. So they're going to have to go over that if they're going to win this one. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, he's Joe Burrow's the second best quarterback in the, in the league right now. You know what I mean? Like, no disrespect to Jalen, no disrespect to Josh Allen, but he's the second best quarterback in this league after what he's done the last two seasons. So if he's fully right with the weapons he has, they're going right back. They, you know what I mean? They're they're guaranteed 12-5 and five every season. So, I, yeah. you know, and, and, and Baltimore, again, Baltimore can compete with that if Lamar is fully right, but... Is Lamar going to be fully right? Is Odell going to be fully right? There's, some, there's too many question marks about health. I think Baltimore is going to win 10 games regardless just because that's just what they do. But if they're not fully healthy, they can't win the division. If they are fully healthy, they'll have a good chance because they'll win 12 games. I agree with you. Health going to be a huge factor in a division that is so competitive um, between these you know four teams. But I do think the Bengals do end up you know, winning the division. That Burrow-Chase connection is just too much. It's only going to get better. But we're going to be uh, going to a quick break. We will be back for our final segment, right? That's where we get into our best bets for the weekend. But before that, we're going to take it to the diamond and talk a little Major League Baseball post-trade deadline, tell you who you should have your eye on. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook resumes in a few. Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller will be back on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM. Start your weekend betting off right with BetQL Weekend with Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller, sponsored by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. We're back. Final segment, BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Mark Drumheller here with Sean Bell. Um, taking it down the stretch now. Final segment, we're going to get into some best bets. Before we do, we're going to hit the diamond. Trade deadline passed. We saw some impactful moves. Who improved their team? Who improved their team enough that you should put your money behind them? That's what we want to look at. Uh, the big splash, obviously, was the Mets splintering like the Pac-12, right? Selling off all their parts. Jason Verlander goes back to Houston. Uh, you know, uh, they move Max Scherzner. So, Sean, I want to get your take on you being a Mets fan. You know, what you saw out of them, and do you agree with their philosophy to just totally reset at this point? Well, yeah, I called this weeks ago. I said Scherzer's going to be gone, and I said Verlander's going to be gone. I, th I thought it was the obvious move to make. The Mets, you're, they're done with, right? Like, they had to be realistic with themselves and saying, okay, we're not going to do anything. We had two pitchers that are over 40, who, by the way, ain't pitching that great. 
They have moments of greatness, but they ain't pitching that great. So we ain't winning it this year. Why do we have these 40 year old pitchers? It's crazy to think that the Mets <laughs> just saying the names and say, Hey, they, they got, uh, didn't sign back to Grom and traded away Scherzer and Verlander in the span of, I don't know what that is. Six months, right? Three hall yeah. of fame pitchers all gone, but it made sense because those hall of fame pitchers are 40s or, or early forties. And those Hall of Fame pitchers weren't pitching at a Hall of Fame level anymore. So it made sense for them to sort of say, all right, we're going to blow this thing up. We're going to get rid of the old guys. They also traded Robertson over to the Miami Marlins and say, we're going to trade all our old guys, all guys that we don't have in our future, and try to figure this thing out for the rest of the season and the offseason as they try to get Shohei and they try to get somebody else. They got uh, uh, Ronald Acuna's, uh Jr.'s brother. So hopefully, again, they got a lot of good prospects out to deal with. Let you, let you know that they're looking at the future, and but they ain't, they don't care about that right now, at least not this season. So the Mets are a team that I'm looking at to uh, sell on and bet against the entire second half of the season. We'll get to our best bets, but they're certainly going to be in my best bet. But with that, I, I like the Houston Astros potentially retooling and looking at them as a team for the rest of the season to go, okay, you got your, you got your guy back. He's back where he belongs. And you are a team that was, you know, moseying along a little bit in the first half. Like, it didn't feel like you had any desperation because you came off a championship. Now they're going to have some desperation going into this last uh, stretch. You're 62 and 48, a uh, game and a half behind the Texas Rangers. I think they're eventually going to catch the Texas Rangers and win the division. And I think they're a team to look at to go back to the World Series. Yeah, I think a lot of people are looking at them now. And sometimes, you know, coming off that, you know, World Series, it takes a little while to get the juices flowing, get the momentum. But I think we're going to see, uh, you know, the Astros make a real serious push. 7-1, to one, plus 700 to win the World Series. Definitely worth consideration. Plus 325 to win the AL, the Houston Astros. I like that. When, when I look at the odds board, Sean... I'm going to take you for a little loop here. I, I like the Braves. I still think the Braves are worth investing in at plus 325. Um, but I do like the Rangers and the Orioles as well. Rangers 9-1, to Orioles 12-1. to When I look at those prices at BetMGM, you know, I think, hey, you know, the Rangers went out. They, they're not going away. We thought they would fall off by now. Um, they went out. You know, they got Scherzner, so they're trying to bolster the starting pitching. They're trying to patch it together. I don't think that's a team that you should sleep on at 9-1. to one. And the Orioles, a little underwhelming at the trade deadline, right? They go and get Flaherty. They get, say, you know, a mid-starting pitcher to kind of help, you know, with their depth there. But not the eye-opening big splash, I think, that a lot of people wanted to see to show that the Orioles were all in. But this is a team that I think can, um, you know, really as is, is the season progresses, you have a young team, they're getting more confidence. I don't think they're going away either, but I want to bounce this one off you, Sean, because this is a long shot, right? And, and this is such a long shot that Zach listed about, it feels like half the teams in, in Major League Baseball on the odds board, and they weren't there. But what do you think about, when I look at the odds board, and I see these teams at 50-1, to 1, the Reds, the Marlins, if you go a little bit further, you get the Chicago Cubs, 80-1, to 1, right? It's a long shot. Not saying, you know, we go heavy on this team, but this is a team that's 13-3 and three in their last 16 games, won eight of their last 10 games, right? I think that the Central is, is in reach for them as they get down the stretch, and I think that they're a team that maybe, you know, we saw last year with the Phillies. If you get into the playoffs, 
you know, anything goes. You shorten rotations. It's kind of like a whole new season. If you get hot at the right time, you can make a run. What are your thoughts about the Cubs, you know, really continuing their solid play as a long shot? I mean, if you're going to have the Diamondbacks who have completely fell off and they're probably done, you know, at 50 to 1, the Reds at 50 to 1, the Marlins at 51, I like the Cubs better than all those teams. As a long shot to do what? <laughs> to win the World Series, baby. Nah, nah, That's nah, what we're nah, doing. See, we're going too far here. We go, we go too far. I <laughs> Listen, they they can come back and win this division. They, again, the Reds are the Reds are, uh, are slumping a little bit, but I think the Reds are going to be fine. They're going to rebound. I think the Reds are going to win the division, but that's at the best the Cubs can do. I don't I don't think they just have the pure talent. Like the Philadelphia Phillies, we look at last year is they had the talent, right? Like their talent was just underperforming in the second half of the season, but eventually it was mm-hmm. like okay, now you're playing great. Now you're playing at what Philadelphia thought you were supposed to play like. So that made sense. It don't doesn't make sense for the Cubs because they just flat out ain't got the raw talent that to make a Philadelphia Phillies run. But but speaking of Philadelphia Phillies, they bring in Michael Lorenzen. He has a 3.48 ERA and he immediately comes in and has one of his best best starts of the entire season. I think the Philadelphia Phillies are a team that can repeat what the Philadelphia Phillies did last year and and, and potentially making a World Series run. That's a team that I'm looking at that has all the horses. Again, Trey Turner has played terrible, but what if he hops out of it? Bryce Harper has been doing his thing, doing his thing. This team has slowly gotten better and better, had made a couple smart moves before the deadline to sort of bolster the second second part of that lineup. And I think the Philadelphia Phillies in a short situation and in a four-game situation can beat almost anybody in the entire uh, National League. So the Philadelphia Phillies are the team that I looked at and said, oh, smart move. It paid dividends right away. They can make another run like they made last year. And right now, what are they looking at? Philadelphia Phillies are 20 to, 20 one. to 1 to win the World Series, 12 to 1 to win the National League. To me, that's a pretty good bet. I love it. I think that's a phenomenal point because, you know, what is this team going to look like? Like eventually, like Trey Turner, like just the laws of aggression, of, uh, you know, regression, like he's that he's going to get hot at some point. And I think he's going to go on an absolute tear. Um, I, I, you know, I think the Phillies are worth a look at 21, but keep your eye on the Cubs. Listen, I I know it sounds crazy. 80 to one, keep an eye on the Cubs. They have the third best run differential. Plus again, we're recording this on Friday, plus 79. The only teams with a better run differential in the national league are the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I think they got something in the tank. If they can stay hot, if they can stay healthy, if they can win the central, they get into the playoffs. Who knows? We've seen crazier things happen. I wouldn't mind having that 80 to one ticket in my pocket if that is the case. But again, Long shots. We don't want to go crazy. We don't want to, you know, go heavy on this one. But keep an eye on the Cubs. That's a team I got my eye on for sure. Um, you know, the, the Chicago Cubs. But, Sean, let's get into our best bets now. We got a couple minutes left. Um, what are you looking at this weekend? Are you going to hit the MLB slate? Who are you targeting? Let me let me just say this real quick. <laughs> the Angels in Shohei. He, he goes five he goes four innings, giving up no runs, hits a homer, and they lose that game because they blow it in the ninth. They they put all their dollars in on trying to make a run. Now they've lost three in a row. Now they're for sure going to lose Shohei. What a terrible job by that organization and, and terrible <laughs> decision-making for them because they they did all this to not keep that individual. 
They did all this to continue to lose. They did all this to continue to blow his talent away. So now you're definitely going to lose him after, after putting all your chips on the table right before the trade deadline. So yeah, good, good job by them by messing everything up. Uh, in regards to who I'm betting for, what are the best bets? I'm betting on the teams that are all in and I'm, and I'm betting against the teams who are all out. That's the New York Mets taking on the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. I'm, I'm picking the Orioles to listen. They're going to have over nine and a half in, in this game tonight, Friday night. I also have them beating the Mets in this series pretty handily, pretty easily. And that's what I'm going to continue to do is bet for the Baltimore Orioles and bet against the New York Mets for the rest of the way. I love it. My first best bet, I'm going to go to Major League Baseball, and what better way to do it? 105 Eastern Time on Saturday, Justin Verlander takes on the New York Yankees. Um, I think this is a great spot here. You should be able to get this when the odds open. I anticipate it'll probably be in the one, minus 130 range. You could get Houston. I think it's solid play. You know he's fired up. He's glad to get out of that situation in New York with the Mets. Now he gets to face the Yankees in a big game. Yankees throwing out there. Cortez coming off injury. I think it's a great spot to target the Astros and Verlander. So I'm going to play them. Should come out around minus 130 on the odds. Sean, you got anything else you're looking at this weekend? Uh, again, when it comes to baseball, betting against the teams that are all in, that are playing well, and betting against the teams that are sliding. I, I'm taking the Texas Rangers to win this series against the Miami Marlins. Miami Marlins have been sliding. They're, they We thought they were sure to get into the playoffs. Now it looks like that ain't going to happen while the Texas Rangers have rebounded and have played very well. So I got the Texas Rangers winning that series. Love it. Love it. The Rangers, that's a team I said. Keep an eye on that team. They're not going away now that they got Scherzner. I'm going to go to the UFC for my second bet. We're going to go into co-main event. Tatiana Suarez over Jessica Andrade by submission. You can get this at even money at the BetMGM Sportsbook. Suarez undefeated. Spent several years away after injury. Had her comeback fight. Stop the takedowns from Suarez. I think she gets it to the ground, grinds her out, and gets a victory here um, in the UFC. So, Sean, listen, we're coming towards the end here. Incredible show. You know, I think we really hit some good stuff. I can't wait uh, to hit, you know, Major League Baseball as we get closer to the postseason, college football, and the NFL's coming up. It's approaching. We're going to have some preseason bets as preseason kicks off for all the teams on Thursday. Yeah, we would have had by next by next week. We're gonna have no uh, we're gonna have two college football conferences. That's it. By by next week, it's going going to be two conferences and nothing else to talk about. Absolutely, we'll have those updates for you, guys. Make sure you follow this show on the Odyssey Sports app, BetQL Network, um, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I'm Mark Drumheller. He's Sean Bell. We'll be back. We'll see you guys next week. Good luck on all your bets. BetQL Weekend presented by. MGM Sportsbook. Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller will be back on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM.